Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back, dear listener. You are now inside another exciting episode of Fright School. That was, Hello, Joe. <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> I was just brought back to the film. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. But more on that later. Right now, it is. This is our, uh, our special uh, segment called You Already Been News. <laughs> Yes, because by the time you hear this, uh, you will already know uh, this news. <laughs> yes, it's old. This is old news. Uh, anyways, how you doing, Joe? I am. Uh, I am well, Joshua. How are you? You're surviving so well. I think you're doing so great. You know, I um, I was recently talking to um, the incredible Dave Revis. Ah, um, yes. Who is our uh, he's done our theme music. He's uh, anything that involves sounds other than our two voices. Yep. He's done, and uh, he big thank I, you to him. A big oh, thank so. you to him. Super super big thanks to him. Um, he's also available f- to assist you if you have a podcast. Uh, you know, go to Davey Boy Productions, all that. Um, Dave said that it's you know he he learned so much. We were talking about Fright School, and he he's like, yeah, I've I've actually learned a lot from your show and. Um, talking a little bit about like Silence of the Lambs and how they were things that he never knew before. So uh, that's really, really cool to hear. So thank you so much, Dave. We we appreciate you. And uh, we want to hear your stories. If you've learned something that you never knew before, uh, please engage with us. Facebook, info at frightschool.com. Love it. Love it. Yes. yes. Twitter. Uh, I love it. That's great. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're just here. Speaking out into the ether, but if people are uh, picking up some fun stuff, if nothing else, I hope people are. What are you doing, Joe? I'm just moving shit around. <laughs> that's me. Um, Usually it's Joshua's hands that you hear, but right, that's exactly, me. and knocking things over, or hemlock hanging off the microphone, screaming. Uh, but you know, if not, if you're not learning anything, I hope at least you're having really fun, uh, scary movie nights with your friends, and um, you know, maybe you're taking some of our trivia and telling them and pretending it's your own. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. I don't care. Because <laughs> I'm mostly taking Wikipedia stuff. And <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at it. Uh, anyway, so let's see. What do we got in the news? What do we got in the news? What's been up? What's been up? Oh, you had some. Well, do we want to plug now or plug later? Um, I've, got, I've got plugs. You've got plugs. I got plugs. <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, I got plugs. You got plugs. Um, we uh, we could do some news first. Let's do some news and then we'll plug Palooza. All right. Well, I'm really loving Entertainment Weekly's issue this week, the uh, twenty October twentieth slash twenty seventh double, double issue. issue special Halloween double issue filled with all kinds of cool stuff. Just wanted to put that out there. If you want lots of fun uh, trivia uh, on horror films, they're doing this whole Hollywood's greatest untold stories, and they've got stuff about all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, oh yeah, of movies. Um, they I split s- it up by decade too, so I think they go like seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousands. I love it. Yeah, they. I read there was a little piece about Little Shop of Horrors. There was uh, some uh, the Stepford Wise, which we're doing this season. The Craft, which we're doing this season. Oh yeah, the article on the Craft was really cool. Yeah, I um, I I'm loving this uh, episode or this issue. They've got 
a whole thing about Chucky and the Child's Play franchise, which is going to be a little special side uh, uh, series we're going to do. Um, you know, because, uh, Joe, you haven't lived until you see all the killer doll stuff. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it, Joshua. Um, uh, I just wanted to promote that because there's lots of cool stuff, lots of good uh, little uh, things that we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, this season. Actually, I was reading through some of it. I'm like, well, I know that. Oh, I know that. I know that. But um, you know, you're so knowledgeable. You're so learned. Yeah, some of this stuff. I mean, uh, some of these others, and like, what is this, Shaun of the Dead? I don't know much about that. But that's because it has men's in it, and I don't really know much about men's. <laughs> I I'm I kidding. love Shaun of the Dead. I don't <laughs> yeah. know much about it. I just know that I like it. Well, it, they have a whole untold untold story in here. I will have to get to that part of it. Um, are you excited for Tyler Perry's Boo Two, a Medea Halloween? Um, you, did you buy your tickets already? Uh, I think I did. I, I the same day that they went on, they, they were released. They so, went you know. on sale. He bought him. Yeah, I bought him. <laughs> are we gonna watch Boo, a Medea Halloween? Well, yes. Let's look at the, uh, the the feminist narrative in that. Yes. Um, you know, I I be did, feminism and race. I watched the first one. It it uh it was um it was something. <laughs> so I will probably watch the second one. Okay. Well, I haven't even seen the first one. So all right. Well, that's fine. Uh, you know, there wasn't um little light in the news. Yeah, a little light in the news. Oh, this is kind of interesting. Ian McKellen. One of uh, Miss Dame Ian McKellen. Ah, Dame McKellen. Yes, uh, to voice the demon in stage adaptation of The Exorcist. Ooh. Yeah. The what? demon Pazuzu? Yes, Phoenix Theater's production based on the William Peter Blatty novel, which uh, if you go back to, what, episode five or six, four, five or six of our first season, somewhere yeah, in there. something in there. Uh, we have our Exorcist episode. Um, you know, I need to keep like a just a list like a running list of all of our episodes so that like when I say something like that, I can, you know, go look right at it and go, Oh, it's this one. Uh, yeah, go ahead and let her in or she's going to keep screaming. I'll keep talking to our, our, our friends here, but yeah, it's, um, it is episode. Oh, it's week six of the first season. Prepossessing repossession. Yeah. Yes. We released November 27th. So go back and, and check that out if you have not listened to that. Otherwise, yeah, this is kind of cool. Ian McKellen doing. That's uh, going to be awesome. Yeah. I wonder if there's a, uh, I'm going to have to look up, look it up and see. Oh, wow. Where is it playing? Uh, Phoenix Theater, wherever that is. <laughs> I doubt Ian McKellen's going to go to Phoenix. <laughs> Theaters at the West End. Oh, so. the West End. Yeah, West End Theater. So, anyways, very cool. I I did I did see that, and I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, did you see Kate McKinnon on as Pennywise on SNL this as, week? Uh, well, uh, as Ke- as Kelly Wise. Kelly Wise, yeah. Kelly I loved it. That was hysterical and really well done. Actually, like they really like. The whole like cinematography of it, everything it was it was perfect. It was like they were like they went to the the filmmakers and were like, "Hey, we're gonna do this. Can we just borrow a bunch of shit?" Even the dance at the end that was really hilarious. Yeah, the whole thing. I was just like, "This is perfection." I thought that was hilarious. So if you haven't seen that, y'all, you should uh, go and look it up. I'm sure it's all over the so- social media. The social media. The social media. Uh, did you watch The Babysitter? I've not watched it yet, but it was out on Netflix. We I about it. did watch The yeah. Babysitter. I watched it over the weekend. What did you think? Should we add it to the uh, 
Um, we, well, I mean, it's up to you. You, you should watch it and then we can, and then decide whether or not we want to talk about it officially at length. I will say this. Um, I definitely have a great foundation because I understood some of the references. Uh, it was, um, it was a through, it was through and through a McGee joint. Like it was, you know, he, he, he did it in such a way that it was just like it was really smart. It was really funny. the 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 kid the twelve the the twelve year old kid who plays the baby you know though who she sits on <laughs> is um is very good in it and he's not someone that like he's not annoying. <laughs> you know how like oh, well, some good. some like preteen movies where it's like you can get really fucking annoying. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a all around good time and. Like the parents aren't in it that long, like uh, Ken Marino and uh, Leslie Bibb, they're not in it for that long, but they um, they do a really good job when they are in it. And um, yeah, it was it was really good. I thought it, I thought it was a, a nice uh, campy romp. All right, so it was fun. You had fun watching it. Oh yeah, I had a lot of fun watching good. it. I don't know if it's gonna you know if it's gonna propel uh, horror cinema forward into the next millennium, but <laughs> it is it is a definitely a fun good time. All right. Well, great. I, I I do plan to check it out. I I thought that it looked uh, I thought it looked fun, if nothing else. So I wanted to get your get your thoughts on it. Uh, so we'll watch it and we'll see if we do want to do a full length or yeah, do a little uh, little side. I was like, oh my god, stuff. look at me watching something for leisure and not for homework or or to talk about it at length in a podcast. This is who am I? What am I doing? Who I am I? It. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. That's really cool. That's great. Um what else? Oh, my friend Dahmer is coming. We talked about that in a past episode. That trailer for mm-hmm. My Friend Dahmer looked really really cool. Yes, I'm very 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 VVVVV excited for Durf Back Durf's uh book to be uh, the adaptation of it to be out. It's also I uncanny. The guy who they got. To oh, I know. Out. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. They did. I love that. And I love like those sort of subversive uh, roles, you know, where he's like been this Disney kid for a while and now he's doing this Dahmer thing. I mm-hmm. love it. Well, like it was like that kid um, who, who did the, who did, who played Brent Corrigan in, uh, in King Cobra, he was also like a Disney kid, and he uh, okay. he he was he was a Disney kid, and then he played um, Link Larkin in the live action Hairspray on NBC, and I'm like, oh, there he is, bottoming for Jake <laughs> for James Franco, uh, but yeah, it was it was um, the trailer looked really good. Um, I was like, when they showed him like shirtless working out, and I was like, okay, that's I don't know if that's called for. I don't think I I don't think I need to have uh you know lusty feelings toward a toward a uh, the high school age Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> hey, you know he was an attractive dude. You know again I think which is kind of part of the that um you know the whole serial killer thing. You know sort of looking cute or charming and mm-hmm. drawing in your victims. Anyways, but it just seems so like out of place. I'm like oh abs and Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you mean. But uh, I'm still excited for it. Uh, one last little f- fun thing. I think we did talk about this back when they first said that they were going to do a new Halloween. But I guess now it is. Uh, let me see. It is official that John Carpenter 
will come back to the new one, uh, the new Halloween movie, and he's going to score it, which is really exciting. Oh, that's really exciting. Yeah. I think he's been on tour, too, actually. I just discovered, and somehow I absolutely like missed it because uh, I don't know how. It's embarrassing. Uh, but he's been on tour, like playing like his work. Oh, that's really cool. And you know some other like pieces, and yeah, I hope that they film it and release it because I'd I'd really like to have that on on uh, on on the old uh, home media on VHS. I um I changed my like notification sounds on my phone, so um now the text tone is crows, just like you hear at the end of our opening of our opening sequence. <laughs> And um, the ringtone is the theme from Halloween. Love it. And today I had like a moment, I had a moment of freak out because I forgot that my ring, my ringer was on and uh, my sister called me and I was, and I was, I just like walked in the door and all of a sudden I hear, and I'm like, oh God, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh, she's, I changed my ringtone. And then I thought, I thought Michael was coming for me. I love it so much, Joe. <laughs> Does it just, make you your proud, Papa? Just love it so much, Joe. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. I'm so, scaring myself. That's that's what we've come to now. Well, that's really, I guess, it for the news. Obviously, we got. Uh, we're looking forward to Stranger Things. That's next. Uh, next week. Next Friday. Next Friday, the twenty seventh. Yes. My Gorefest party is happening this Saturday. I am excited about that. Yeah, we might. I might record clips. I might take a. I might take right, a record some clips. Record some clips. clips. We'll talk yeah, to Joshua. I'm taking Friday off. Going to be well. This will. By the time you all hear this, it, my party will have passed. And you These all, are the. You would have had a great time of the past. Uh, <laughs> you would have had an amazing uh, time at my party. So you already know it. But um, yeah, I'm going to take the day off Friday so I can decorate and work on uh, foods and things like that. Uh, so, anyways, you had some things to plug. It's time for plug up a loser, plug up a loser, plug up. <laughs> I, I'm just gonna leave oh, it. No, we didn't write it. We didn't write a theme song. We didn't write that. a theme song, but now that's the theme. All yeah. right, plug up a loser. So we are gonna tell you some things that you go out there and buy right now. Yes, capitalism. Capitalism. We love it. Uh, maybe hail Satan. Um, right. Hashtag hail Satan. Hashtag hail Satan. Uh, so I so we mentioned in season one um, mem- the uh, Memento Mori playing cards that were like really cool and creepy. Um, well, I recently bought a deck of playing cards from that same website, which is called Art of Play, artofplay.com, dedicated to bringing back uh, family game night. And Art of Play, they have a lot of really great designer decks, um, designer card decks, uh, you know, for magicians and things that, uh, you know, people who use card- cardistry, cardisters, card- I guess cardistry decks and whatever. So I bought a deck that is a um, Dia de los Muertos theme. Ooh. And it is very nice. I got the purple one. I recommend the purple. And it's so beautiful. The All the aces are like, you know, Calavera skulls and the kings and the queens are very good. I did not bring it with me to show Joshua lame so but yes go on and buy it it's art of artofplay.com and speaking of art um i also wanted to plug a um a illustrator and artist from uh canada um his name is a stephen mcdermott and he is uh from 
uh, Canada, as I just said. Right. And Canada-dia. he and he's a uh, he kind of does these pins. Um, he's a he's a queer artist, and he does um, pins. But right now, he's got uh, um, a really cool. Um, he he did like a pin set for this uh, strange ways. Uh, uh, company, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm really, fl- I'm flailing at this one. Uh, Strange Ways Company, and he does like all these pins. So he actually created these uh, characters for this Halloween that yeah. are the Monster Boys, and oh. they're like gay versions of like your famous, your favorite creatures. So I'm going to show this to Joshua. Lord have mercy. Let me see this nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> the the look of simultaneous disgust and, wow. and disdain. But yes, yeah, so you know, it's just fun. It's campy. It it further emphasizes one thing I didn't mention in the not scary farm episode is that I just like it was so cool to like see um like high school and early college age kids like at like college like gay kids like just, right. just waiting in line and and oh yeah and uh, like gays that was, love Halloween. It's, it's I, gay I did not know. Yeah. Gay Christmas for me is the Tonys, okay? So oh, okay. So this could be gay Rosh Hashanah or something. But <laughs> but but yeah, so like that so I wanted to just plug that. He currently has there's still some pins up on Strange Ways and then he also has other artwork, but he's selling a print right now that has like all the different monster boys. Yeah. So you just get them, you know. There's all these really cute ones. I got my pin, it's like a mummy that's all tied up, S and M like. Really nice. So yes, that's Stephen McDermott. You can check him out on Instagram. The wolf creature thing has a nice ass on him, I guess. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> I like, I like that. I like a lot of ass. You know? Yeah, he's a werewolf. Yes, werewolf. All about that. Hashtag werewolf. Hashtag werewolf. Hashtag devil daddy. Um, well, you know, as as one things. Yes, we. I've I've managed to merge <sighs> the two. Yes, great. We're always finding ways to just make horror a little more gay. Yes, that's what I'm doing. Uh, and, and he's also a listener of the show, so thank you, Stephen, for listening. Really? Yes, he is. That is awesome. Uh, what do you got to plug? I Josh? will request that. Um, I didn't see any um, uh, creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Was there any of those? Because I would love to see that. Okay. Well, Steven. All right. If you're listening. Steven, uh, challenge. request. Challenge uh, extended. uh, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon, because I do. I I really like that. Uh, I can't wait for that Shape of Water movie to come out with Guillermo del Toro, you know, directing. Yes, I've heard of it. Sort of looks like a remake of the uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, But yes, no, that was very, very sexy. Great drawings. I do. I do enjoy them. Yes. Wonderful. (laughs) I was caught off guard. (laughs) Uh, You're like, oh, my God. Oh, my. I didn't tell Joshua was going to plug that before we started. Yeah, I'm totally going. Right. (laughs) You did not. Uh, But I'm totally going to get one of the Wolfman ones because. Yes, we get you that T-shirt. kind of hot. He was kind of hot. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yes. on him. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, speaking of making things more gay. So last night I went to um, a book signing. Well, I guess I should say Monday night. We're having a real hard time, like, pretending, like, <laughs> like <So> in- <laughs> when, we, when we're recording, like, you know, keeping track of time, you know, because we do, I, we'll get, should we give secrets behind the scenes? I no? mean, <laughs> uh, so, again, if you're a fan of us and perhaps a fan of RuPaul and Michelle's podcast, <laughs> Like we we decided to take a page out of their book, The Diva Rules, like and at all for RuPaul, and basically, you know, we've recorded, 
we recorded the episodes, um, the recaps of the films. Of the film, yes. We recorded those just talking about the films right after we watched them. So yeah. we, Joshua and I, um, this is a little behind the scenes magic. Yes. Uh, we, we watch it and then like the moment it's done, we run into the studio and then we record so that way you can get all the reactions fresh. Yes. Um, that's what we do. And then we decided that, you know, we want to make the current events as current as possible. So we record those later and separately. Yeah. Um, which is why, which is why in the most recent episode, when we're talking about uh, Roman Polanski and other uh, pedophiles of his ilk, we also failed to mention anything about the current situation with Harvey Weinstein right. and the... And the hashtag Me Too phenomenon, because we hadn't happened yet. <laughs> it had, well, I mean, it has been occurring, but you know, it has not been brought into the consciousness yet at that time. That so, is true. So I'm listening to the episode, and I'm like, oh shit! Like we think we missed a. <laughs> we went. It's like, oh, we're, well, it's like, why didn't we talk about Harvey Weinstein? Or at least I'm yelling at us. Why did you talk about Harvey Weinstein? I'm like, oh yeah, because we recorded this again. Voices from the past. Right. So we we promise to bring you as current news as possible. <laughs> But uh, but yes, so so that was a nice like little uh, roundabout. I totally way. derailed us, but just to <laughs> yes. get yeah, just so you know, in production information, my friends, that's what's happening here. Yeah. You're learning how we craft this show so carefully and so so meticulously that we have no idea what day it is. Anyways, yeah. So <laughs> on the Monday past this on the on the on the on a week ago tonight because you will be hearing this on monday the something yes what, what is it monday uh, what whatever is the date <laughs> i don't even know monday the monday the past monday the past <laughs> uh, no seriously it should be monday the 23rd you should be listening to this on monday the 23rd or at least it would have been released monday the 23rd so last monday the 16th i had the distinct pleasure of going to uh see uh, an author I really like, I really enjoy, Alice Hoffman. She was signing uh, her and giving a talk and signing her new book, The Rules of Magic, which is a prequel to her book, widely known as uh, having been adapted into a film with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, Practical Magic. So she was in town and she gave just a really great talk that um, I'm really looking forward to. We're going to do a whole uh, run of episodes about witches and witchcraft. And sort of... Uh, Are we going to watch Practical Magic? No, because it's not a horror film. Well, well I mean... Okay. But, at least in the context. I, we've already picked the films, Joe. You know Practical <laughs> Magic was not on the list. It is not in the syllabus. One can dream, Joshua. Yes. But anyways, the point is is that uh, she gave a really great talk that I'm looking forward to bringing up when we get to that part of, of our... Of the show, uh, because it was it was just really great, like you're talking about feminism and like the feminism of witchcraft, of witches, you know, the this power that women have and um, the challenges that women have always faced, you know, and the ways that that patriarchal society has found excuses to keep women, you know, under control. And and there was just there was a lot of really uh, cool things that she said, and it resonated a lot with me uh, with our show and and with the plans that we've had to um, to discuss, you know, about, about witches and, and witchcraft. Uh, I saw that in the context of horror and feminism. I saw that you met her too. Did she say anything about our show? Is she gonna listen? Alice, are you listening? Are you there? <laughs> oh, I wish. Alice, come in. Uh, Alice. No, she did not say anything about that. But um, I find it, you know, a lot of times, like, I want to promote things, but sometimes it can be really awkward. So. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that in a little bit later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it could be very awkward to uh, try to promote stuff, but uh, especially to like authors or, you know, and uh, like, you know, I've had albums and, you know, I've, I've met people and go, oh, why didn't you get more? Because there's a lot of legal stuff that gets in the way. There was, you know, there was a woman there last night who was trying to give her a copy of a book she wrote. And sometimes that can be really hard because it's like, well, what if, you know, she writes a book that's similar, you know, or has a similar theme and you sue her or whatever. Like, you know, like that's the kind of things that people think about. So it was kind of weird. But we did have a cool conversation about music. Um, I stuck out like a sore thumb, as I often do. Were you the only man? I was not the only man, but I was definitely, I was definitely like one of the youngest people in the room. Okay. Uh, Most of the people were probably, you know, in their 50s, 60s, women, uh, almost exclusively. There was a couple husbands and probably one other gay guy who really liked her. And then there was me. So I kind of stuck out. But he was also in that age range. So I was like, you know, so as happens, it's just like being at Melissa Etheridge shows. You know, yes. that's why it's like people wonder like, well, oh, you know, she makes this connection with you. or and Well, yeah, because I stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> you know, <laughs> who's this guy here? It was kind of the same thing. So, you know, we had a very inter- cool conversation about music. I wanted to know if she wrote, uh, if she listened to music while she wrote, because her, her books, I feel, have a... Uh, poetic lyricism to them, you know, so it made me wonder if she listened to music and kind mm-hmm. of ri- wrote that way. And uh, so she said, no, it's, I mean, she does listen to music, but it's kind of like she treats writing like r- playing the piano. It should have a rhythm, a cadence, and she'll read it out loud. And it made a lot of sense to me. And so, anyways, point is new book, The Rules of Magic. Go out and buy it. Not necessarily horror related, but it is about witches and um, horrors of the 60s, you know, yes. real life horror. Uh, so, I did want to I did want to promote that because it was a really it was a really cool event uh, and I really like Alice Hoffman so because I'm a 90 year old woman inside. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways, uh, anything else? Any other plugs? I can't remember if I had any other plug a plug a plugs. No, that's all I got for now. Again, yeah. Stephen McDermott, Alice Hoffman. These are names that you need names, to know. Names, 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 names. You need to know. Names, 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 names. No, that's David Bowie and a totally different thing. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not familiar. Uh, uh, yeah. Imagine that. So anyways, we're going to now have a little break, and then we're going to be right back with some extra exclusive bonus content. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Joe here. Thank you so much for listening to Fright School. If you are enjoying Joshua's continued efforts to scare the living daylights out of me, please take a moment to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcatcher. And please tell all your friends about us. Get in on the conversation by following Fright School on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Want to be a guest lecturer on an upcoming episode? Want to be a student? Want to submit a film for consideration? Got a question or more likely a correction for Joshua? Shoot us an email at info at frightschool.com. Thanks and enjoy the show. All right, everybody. Good evening. Oh, good evening. Stay sexy. Don't get murdered. We are here in San Diego at the Balboa Theater. It's dead. My favorite murder live. Ah! Joshua is lit AF. Yeah, but I'm also really excited. I have had I've had several Jack and Gingers, okay, I will admit. But we are still here with the amazing Karen Kilgariff. And Georgia Hartstar. I was like, don't forget their names. Don't no, of forget course their names, not. Though. A fucking My Favorite Murder. It is another Fright School 
field trip. Oh my god. Yes. I mean, it's going to be great. They I mean, if anyone if you've listened and I'm sure you have to the first few episodes of season 1, you know how much we love them. You know how much uh we're kind of tangentially like related and obsessed. So, here we yes. go. I mean, it's so perfect for this year since we're talking about like women in horror. These are two incredible women, hilarious women, uh, mm-hmm. successful women talking about murder, talking about real life horror. I mean, come on. And these they are people here most of the people here are women there are a lot of women here and i am so i'm so happy for it it really makes my heart warm um every woman from basic to my heart rock solid ice (laughs) (laughs) all right we'll see if we can get like interviews with some other uh murderinos out there but uh, we'll see we'll see maybe karen and georgia will hear this if not it's okay uh maybe steven will give me his phone number i don't know we'll see (laughs) all right That's right, folks. We had a fright school field trip, and we're just going to drop it into the middle of this episode. That's right. So this one's long, and we don't care. (laughs) Man, that was so much fun. And yeah, I did. I had a few drinks. I was feeling myself. I was feeling good. I was feeling my horror oats. Is that what uh, she says? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yes, mama. I feel my oats. (laughs) I'm snapping. I'm waving my finger. It was a great, great time. That was so, it was so cool because I, I waited outside the theater for y'all to get there and the women, it's just droves and droves of women coming in and like in the merch and it's like selfie taking, super excited to be there. It was a really fun time, a great crowd, super supportive crowd um, as well. Yeah. And, uh, we recommend you listen to when it drops the San Diego live episode. Uh, they did two shows that night. So yeah. we went to the early showing, went to the seven thirty, and then they did, um, another one later, uh, that evening. So we don't know what exactly they're going to pull from. They'll probably pull from both. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm very curious to see how they edit it together. But yes, it was a, it was a super, super fun time. Um, we want to give shout outs to the girls that we went with. So, um, you hung out before the show with Ashley. Yeah, Ashley and Kristen. And that Kristen. was really fun. We had uh, like a you know snacks or whatever at Florent or whatever. Yes, Florent. Uh, yeah, so that was fun. Had a couple drinks, uh, a couple more drinks, I should say, because young David and I were together. We he came to my place first because he was spending the night and whatnot. Uh, so we w- came here, had a couple drinks, and then we went down to to meet the girls uh, and it was really fun they were hanging out with a really great group of people i cannot remember any of their names but they were all really awesome folks they were really fun to talk to there was a mother with her like 16 year old son mother yeah which i thought was really cool they were having this mom son night out you know basking in the in the horror glow i was for it i was like yes yes give uh, me give me them yes i love them uh and then the other the other folks were all really cool too so and then we walked over and we met you yeah they they were a ton of like murderino like pre pre-game pre-party yeah like meetups meet yeah which uh, the the my favorite murder fans are no effing joke no they, right there's Woo. like a regular meetup here in san diego like they have several meetups like they are no effing joke 
Um, I also saw our friend Wendy. Shout out to Wendy yes, Maples. Wendy. Lava. Yeah, um, it was fun running into her. And she sat near us. Like, we had good seats, and she was near us. Yeah, so was she nice. was sitting near us. David also had some good seats as yes. well. Like, we we were we were all for it. So definitely check that out. Um, I do want to play a clip because uh, while Joshua went to the bar for more drinks, I was able to actually interview a murderino. So here's a little bit about that right now. All right, everybody. Um, I'm here with, state your name. Patricia Clark. Patricia Clark. And Patricia Clark, you give me permission for full and unlimited use and perpetuity of your image and like this in the voice, right? I do, yes. Okay, wonderful. The legal stuff's out of the way. Okay. <laughs> so, Patricia, tell me a little bit about why you're here and Murderino and all that business. Um, I'm here because I started listening to this podcast back in, like, August. So I'm okay. a little behind. Um, I started listening to it at work and fell in love. Like, I've always kind of loved murder. I always watch, like, the forensic files, cold cases, and I just fell in love with Karen and Georgia. I've listened to other podcasts, but they are by far my favorite. Awesome. They are my favorite as well. And I see that you're here with somebody who is not familiar with the show at all? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> does, does he happen to know what he's in for? No. He, I- has a, he has an idea, but he hasn't really listened to a single full podcast of theirs. Um, he's heard snippets, um, but he doesn't know the full extent of what he's in for. Okay, well, it's going to be fun. I can assure you that you'll have a great time. And Patricia, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. And what's your podcast? Fright School, Patricia. It's called Fright School. Yeah. That's what you're all listening to. <laughs> I'm going to see if she's in the uh, My Favorite Murder San Diego, like, uh, San Diego group. And, oh, yeah, definitely. And I was like, hey, Patricia, you're here. I forgot to, like, I told her about it, so hopefully she subscribed. Hi, Patricia, by the way. Yes, thank you for uh, subjecting yourself to that. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, um, and listening. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So that was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was. It's nice because I, I, I've always kind of figured that, like, true crime stuff was, was for everybody. I mean, there's all you know, law, law and order... NCIS, all of those like regular drama crime shows are popular and have been on forever. But like, you know, Forensic Files, that whole thing. Um, I don't know if I've ever, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but like, you know, I've, I like true crimey stuff, but I have a different relationship with it because my mom is a retired forensic scientist. So like every time we came upon true crimey stuff or, um, or uh, crime drama shows it was always like in re- i remember always it being like hey mom is that is that how it's like or you know do right, you remember right. when you were at the fbi academy and you were learning this that, and the other um so so yeah so it, it's fascinating to see that so many people are into it but not only that women and you know just to kind of reiterate like my favorite murder has turned like talking about murder and just the fact that they're doing it into like this really powerful like feminist like we're calling we are we're supporting each other we're fuck politeness yeah. we're you know we're identifying signs and giving people a real of space to like yeah. really own that yeah talking about toxic masculinity and you mm-hmm. know kinda, yeah, it ruins exactly, the party absolutely. Joshua and you know what I kind of find fascinating is is that like I was not I I'm never surprised that like there are a ton of women that would show up for something like that. That totally makes sense. I mean, I think there's there it's, it's more of 
we're in a society now like where we've changed where like horror and true crime like people are wearing it more of a, as a badge of honor like it's like people are can talk about it more openly because think about it like think about you know we have obviously in our like sexist world we you know we we assume like you know women do a lot of the shopping and what are you know what's in the fucking uh, you know right at the newsstand it's nothing but like tabloid murder you know stuff so you know that women were buying and being part of and you know you think about old like penny dreadfuls and and you know salons and things where like women were discussing these things all along they've always been into horror and into murder i think because it's just a human thing to to want to peer into the dark you know so i i'm not surprised at all by the amount of exactly yeah Joe's peering. I, I peered into the dark. Uh, I don't find it surprising at all. I think I think that women have always been part of that. I think if nothing else, men have just like shamed them into not talking about it or like, oh, that's not what women talk. That's not ladylike. So, you know, I, I feel like I feel like there's been more of a pressure from society to you know to kind of be careful with that in general, even for everybody. Really, you know, I mean, it's I certainly didn't grow up where you could really. Um, I mean, a little bit. It started to change where you could really be sort of proudly goth. <laughs> you know proudly morbid but it's even more so nowadays you know everything i mean just look at like i, I always feel like something's become mainstream when it's like a massive capitalization you know like you get you're capitalizing a lot off of it and like you know hot topic and things like that or are like signs of that yeah you know absolutely. that it's it's like cool to be goth because it's something we can sell and you know it's a whole lifestyle now rather than just like you know um i stayed up late at night reading you know true crime novels by uh what was her name um Shit, um, Afro not Aphrodite. What the hell is her name? Anne, I don't know. And something. You're looking. At, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> I know, like you. But anyways, you know, like those those kind of lurid, you know, really gross crime books that are that are now an art form, you know, and now like. It's, yeah. to it's totally different. So I just, I guess my point is, is that, you know, I think women have always been, you know, right there with horror and right there with true crime and love and all that. But it's just now there's a much bigger platform to be, you know, and these women, particularly with My Favorite Murder, have really offered that, you know, that, that um, platform on a much bigger, bigger scale to really invite women to be like, yeah, this is awesome, right? Let's talk about murder. But anyways, that's kind of a long-winded aside. <laughs> but for real folks, like, listen to the episode yes absolutely get on get on board and yeah, they were hilarious they were great yeah. i guess i mean i don't want to spoil you know and so that they can obviously they're going to put out the podcast and all that and i don't want to give away but they they talked about some really interesting things that i'm hoping make it to the podcast yes um, for sure I, you know the the actual episode that they recorded because the, the the stuff that they brought up about you know san diego was great and i guess they did two different murders for the next one so they did four different murders in all oh god that's gonna be good yeah so i'm hoping that they're able to uh, edited in a way that, yeah. that, that that they pick the the really the best ones, which was at the early show that we were at. Yeah, <laughs> I I've I this is no probably, the second ones were good too. Uh, I've probably this is my second uh, live recording of a podcast that I've been to uh, in season one. I talked about going to see the Gilmore Guys live. Yeah, um, shout out to Kevin T. Porter uh, and Demi Dijuwebe. Um and I kid you not, like the people who show up for a live podcast show are like. Fans. Yeah, yeah. 
But our audience was really well behaved because I've listened to other, you know, the live and I don't always like the live My Favorite Murder episodes because the people like just act like fucking lunatics. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, nobody paid to listen to you talk. Shut up. Yeah. You know, and I felt the San Diego audience was really great. I, I, you know, there wasn't anybody talking loudly or trying to correct them or other nonsense. They commented about how like polite our our audience yeah. was. And and it's like, oh, my God, he's like, I've never I've she's like in, in 20 years of performing live. I've never seen an audience this quiet for yeah. for someone so i thought that was beautiful yes yeah i thought that was great and you didn't murder the women behind us who kept screaming in our ears no that was fine by me you know yes that would have <laughs> been my favorite murder yeah um but anyway so yeah my favorite murder great podcast uh karen kilgariff georgia hardstark they're awesome i for some reason i have like a weird tick where i always want to pause after that karen kilgariff <laughs> it's weird. You got to let the gravity of Karen kill Gareth sink in. What was their thing? Hard kill? Hard kill. Yes, I think it's or hard kill. kill hard or something. Yeah. I thought that was great. Anyways, uh, off to the side. Just the little, uh, what do they call that? Like a ship shipping their name? Yeah. Uh, whatever. Anyways. Their ship name. Yes, their ship name. Uh, they were both awesome, by the way. Hilarious. Uh, I love that they were wearing all black against a black background. I'm like, this is wonderful. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyways, I, I'm looking forward to hearing the, the podcast. And so should you, dear listener. Go subscribe to them um, and and listen to all the all the fun murders. So any other things you wanted to say about that? Um, oh, my God. Not about murder, but one last thing. One final thing, because I started it over the weekend as well. Go watch Mindhunter <laughs> on Netflix. Oh. It's, based on, it's based on the guy who, like... Um, Apparently, oh my God, um, Silence of the Lambs, the director, Starling's boss. What's his name? Oh, What's, Jack Crawford. Yes, it's based on the guy who Jack Crawford's based on. Oh, okay. Like he was like one of the people who helped found like the behavioral psychological science thing. It's, oh, very cool. It's a fictionalization of his novel Mind Hunter, but Jonathan Groff is in it, who you may know <laughs> from Frozen yeah. and Glee, but he's really good. Um, yes, go watch Mind Hunter. It's really great. They have. Um, they're actually like talking to their I have actors playing like real serial killers, like the co-ed killer from Santa Cruz back in like the seventies. So yes, please watch Mindhunter. Love it. All right. So we will be back in just a moment to talk about some more women in horror with the, uh, awesome French extreme horror film inside. See you in a bit. Want to be a guest lecturer on an upcoming episode? Want to submit a film for consideration? Got a question, or more likely a correction for me? Shoot us an email at info at frightschool.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. We're back, ready to discuss our uh, film du jour. I'm in, using a French word because yes. it's a French film. The first inside, inside l'intérieur. Let's see how French can we get uh, uh, from 2007. So we, uh, yeah, this is the first uh, international film that we're doing. We're bring, we're bringing in some other uh, stuff now, some yeah. other countries to talk about. You know these themes. So we're on our we're on our first uh, first module for Fright School this semester, which is. Uh, Having a baby. Having a baby. Uh, so inside, inside. 
This is the mm. second French film I've watched in the last 24 hours. Oh, really? What was the other one? The first one was The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, which oh. uh, La La Land is uh, kind of adapted a little uh, bit from or based off of. I did not see La La Land. It, that looks like a happy movie where everybody's singing and nobody gets murdered. No, nobody does get so, murdered. Um, yeah. This is a completely... This nobody is gets cut open. A definite departure <laughs> from the, uh, you know, from the... Uh, Technicolor 1960s musical that The Umbrellas of Cherbourg was. Ah. Um, Joshua, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's a rough one, right? Joshua was even like Joe. The you, Umbrellas you of Cherbourg. What was Cher- it? Cherbourg. Cherbourg. I, it sounds awful, and I'm really sorry you had to sit through that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we got through. Um, <coughs> no, this but film, inside, yes. This film, Joshua was even, even Joshua was like, you know, you can you you don't have to watch it. You can look away, Joe. You yeah. <laughs> or like Joe, you, you you can look away if you want to. It's pretty it's, rough. It's violent. It is. It's violent. It's vi violence. <laughs> so much violence. Right. Yeah, it is. It's um it's it's it's, it's a mess. extreme. It's yes. two it, bros. They told you right at the going, beginning. Yeah. Dimension. Extreme uh, violence. Yeah, uh, extreme. <laughs> I don't know why I said violence again. Extreme, yes, it's part of the the uh, Dimension Films Extreme Collection. They warn you right off the bat that it's it's gonna be uh, a, a horrible ride. <laughs> um, uh, what did you think overall, though? So, like, why would anyone make that movie? I didn't <laughs> like it at all. Um, I don't. I, I I just like it. Just seemed like just violence for violence. There was no pathos i like i kind of figured mm. that somehow the the woman in black was really was la like femme. La, la femme la femme uh, <laughs> uh la femme noir right. um i somehow figured that she was like you know connected to the accident or whatever but no like this is no <laughs> right no. So just to give you some, if you haven't seen uh, Inside, you should, uh, don't, right? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the movie starts off with an accident with uh, there's like a, a, you know, a pregnant woman and they show kind of a baby, you know, from the inside that gets damaged and all that. Um, you know, obviously something really horrific has happened. And the one of the women, uh, the woman driving one of the cars is shown and her name is Sarah and that's who you kind of follow her husband's in the car with her and he's dead. So, uh, he dies in the accident and then, uh, and then the story just unfolds from there. It picks up four months later where she's like full blown pregnant and about to deliver any moment. And it, it takes place around, it's on Christmas Eve. Yes, it's on Christmas Eve. So definitely add this to your holiday entertainment. <laughs> God, for with the scary family. Christmas. <laughs> so if you're, if you're a new parent, if you're a new mother. Uh. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, so Sarah is like just going about her evening. Um, you know, she's lost. Feeling sorry for herself. Right, obviously. You know, she lost her husband. She's very depressed. She's in a grief process and about to have, you know, uh, a baby. And she's doing it all alone. And. You know, it's very sad. And then this woman shows up and uh, La Femme La Femme shows up and is like, uh, got a pair of scissors and I'm going to get that baby out of you. Yeah, I'm going to cut that baby out of you. Yeah. And various uh, cops show up throughout the night and her mother and, and her boss and different people. And they all fall by the They all hand. fall down. No one <laughs> no one survives except for La Femme and the babe. Yeah. 
Spoiler uh, alert. Right. Yeah. It's, well, and that's, yeah, I really like this movie because of that. Like, it's funny. And um, right at the beginning when they, um, she's walking from the hospital with her boss, with the, the employer. Nobody yes. has names in it except her. Jean-Pierre. Like right. Jean-Pierre. The employer. Uh, she calls her mom Louise. Right. That's true. Yeah. She doesn't call her mom mom. She's like, well, only, until. only until she stabbed her in the neck with the, di- the right. knitting needle. On accident, thinking that it was La Femme. La Femme. La Femme Morte. <laughs> The Death Lady, La the Femme lady. Morte. <laughs> Not sure that's how that translates, but that's okay. We're that's gonna... what this episode will be called, La right. Femme Morte. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how um, she's like, you know, oh, I don't give a shit about Christmas. You know, I'd rather be alone. And he goes, you won't say that next year. I can guarantee that. And that's like, yep, uh, he's right. <laughs> yeah, you won't say that because next year you'd be dead. Yeah. You'd so, be D-E-E-D. So I thought that was a, you know, it's a nice bit of foreshadowing. But yeah, I mean, as a horror film, it's interesting because, you know, it doesn't, you know, you follow this person that you think, well, surely they're not going to murder this pregnant woman. And, you know, certainly. <laughs> they did murder that pregnant woman. she's going to get out of this And alive. don't call them Shirley. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you just, oh, you man. think, you think she's going to get out of it. But she. I was, I was uncomfortable the whole time. I yeah. d- I was like, oh, this is what people think. I this is what people think fright school is all about. Right, is me just <laughs> being there, like, oh no, like getting subjected to this horrible, awful violence. But yeah, this was this is probably one of the worst like films on our list. But I thought it was I thought it was interesting one because the antagonist is a woman. Yes, you know, so it, and it follows two women. You know, through the film, so I thought I thought that was very interesting. That was something that the. Uh, the director, so let's see, who are the people? Let's see, who are the awful people behind this? It's directed by Julien Maury and Alexandra Bustillo. Ooh. Uh, they, and the screenplay was written by Bustillo. And story, all of that. So that's, who, that's who's behind this horrible movie <laughs> and uh i like this quote uh they said because you know they were you know working on it and trying to like write a script and the first idea with the story was to, was to change the sex of the killer in horror movies it's always a guy chasing after young girls it's one of the cliches of the genre so the first main idea was changing the identity of the bad guy we wondered what was the motivation for a woman to hurt another woman uh which is you know what the film is all about you know yeah. kind of it starts out where it's like a um you know, your typical, um, what do you call that? Like home invasion film, mm-hmm. you know? And then it kind of morphs into, yeah, like a baby snatching thing. But then in the end, you find out that it's really like a revenge uh, fantasy type film because the woman, the antagonist, turns out to be the person that was in the other car and she was also pregnant and her baby died. And so driven insane by her grief, she yes. decides to enact revenge by getting her getting herself a hold of Sarah's baby. Yeah, cuz she's via she's going to have a baby one way or another. And the <laughs> scissors, these these shears, these oh, like no, they're steel frightening. like at least 6 inch like 6 they're to huge. 8 inch shears. Oh my god. Like in that I'm like folks, if you if you buy a pair of stainless steel scissors that look like <laughs> like a foot long that are like a foot long you are basically asking for la femme morte to come and cut your baby out that is what you are asking you are practically begging for it you're practically begging for someone to come and murder the fuck out of you with those scissors so the moral of the story is don't keep large scissors around right. get the little fiskers left-handed you know <laughs> scissors safety scissors 
get that. Just because, to ensure. Just to ensure, because there's no no godly way <laughs> you, that you will survive. You will survive those with those scissors. And I don't <laughs> trust people who knit. I really don't. Right. That's the other thing. Sorry, I mean, that's a stabbing, hot take. Yeah, stabbing each other with knitting needles and everything. That was, oh it was so. Uh, but it's interesting because you know they're using like the um, you know these objects that are typically like feminine. You know, typically yeah. like ascribed to women to like brutally injure each other. <laughs> you know, knitting needles, scissors. You know, kitchen objects. Uh, yes. You know, like clocks her in the toaster. <laughs> right. The toaster. Oh, I know. And she like flings it around and smacks her in the face. I was like, oh, man. Hairspray burns her oh, to death yeah. with the hair. Well, not to death. Not, but, not you to know, death, but burns her to life. That is. Yeah. It's a very, very brutal uh, film, my friends. But I thought it was kind of interesting to, um, you know, put it in the context when we're looking at like Rosemary's Baby. And then the next film we're going to watch is The Babadook, you know, looking at sort of motherhood and, um, you know, films that sort of. Uh, <laughs> really uh, terrorize <laughs> that idea. Yes, <laughs> of like you know, I'm happy it's Christmas Eve and I'm going to have a baby and things will get better eventually. But no, they're not, and they don't, and they won't ever. <laughs> yeah, and you're dead, and that's it. Yeah, and that's... your baby is being raised by some half-faced monster now. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the ending is so creepy with the woman just like sit with the baby in the rocking chair and her face is all like burned off and her hair is all. <laughs> <laughs> no but she got her baby and she she is happy so it, this is why if, if you know if you think that you have a great idea for a film just pursue it because someone made this movie mm-hmm. someone made this movie absolutely somebody thought this was a great idea and you know someone thought sharknado was a good idea like yeah. make this movie y'all but you know it's interesting because this was actually pretty well received um it, what yeah <laughs> it has an 83 percent on rotten tomatoes that's bull. <laughs> Bloody Disgusting ranked it the 12th in their list of the top 20 horror films of the decade, uh, with the article saying one of the most audacious, brutal, unrelenting horror films ever made. Inside is perhaps the crown jewel of the new wave of extreme French horror films. That's insane. Okay. All right. No, I remember it being like... Far be it for me. I remember everybody was talking about it. It was like all the horror stuff, like all the horror, like this, oh, this movie is so awesome. It's so great. I mean, there were plenty of other... um, you know, there are plenty of dissenting. There's always people that are going to be, mm-hmm. you know, against, you know, a horror film anyways. And it is very, very bloody. And even, like, I think that it does kind of, um, you know, now that I watch it now, when I first saw it almost 10 years ago, I, of course, I loved it because I was, like, in the height of, like, really looking for all the most bloody, horrible, like, gory movies I could find. So I thought it was brilliant. Watching it today, I was like, well... I mean, they could pull back some of it. And I mean, I think it could have definitely lost like, you know, some of the characters just because, you know, it it, it did. It does feel a little unbelievable. On, mm-hmm. Only the only idea, though, I think, because that's like one of the criticisms of it is like, you know, all these people show up and nobody's able to stop this woman, like all these police with their guns, all these, you know, the mother, the like nobody's able to like, you know, yeah. kill her or stop her like she's so unrelenting. Um, but I think I think that's kind of interesting if you look at it from the perspective of like she's just in like consumed by grief and mm-hmm. rage and you know she's just you know keeps coming like there's nothing like a mother's love yeah. you know there's nothing stronger than a mother's love she yeah. will take everything that she she will take out everyone that she can to get to this baby that she feels mm-hmm. rightfully belongs to her cuz hers was taken from her by this woman you know in this ac- you know yeah an accident but still like rage and grief all get 
conflated. <laughs> well, I mean the 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 opening the opening lines where she's like, "This is my baby. Yeah. It's inside me." Like I was like, "Ooh, you, she's already like obsessive." Yeah. To begin with, plus she's also you know an older woman, so it probably like that was probably the only child she was ever going to have. Yeah, maybe. Who and knows? We don't know. We don't get too much of her story, you know, because no. she is sort of like other. Like I think of like Michael Myers, who's this like this kind of unrelenting character yeah. who doesn't really speak, you know. And there, there's plenty of that in like slasher films where he just keeps getting up and up, and you keep shooting, and you keep stabbing, mm-hmm. you keep burning, they just keep coming, you know. Um, so it's definitely she's functioning within that same sort of role just with an with more of a motive you just find it out kind of late in the film exactly yeah. what you know what her motive is um although watching it i, I don't know i mean i think when i i think when i first saw it i assumed that she was part of the accident somehow you know because yeah. they never showed that other car so it immediately makes you wonder well who's in the other car yeah who's in the other car <laughs> yeah who's in the car what's in the car what's in the car <laughs> um anyways uh what was i gonna say um I lost my train of thought, but you know, so yeah, it's very unrelenting, very gory, uh, very scary, but it was, it was pretty well received by horror fans and, and, uh, and others. No, <laughs> no not going to watch you. it again. No, 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 no. <laughs> you let me know when we're having another French extreme day. All right. Well, I think there's a couple others on here. <laughs> High tension. That's a good one. Oh, um, I think that, I think we'll watch that later. Uh, but I don't know. It's not. I don't know if it's like this. Like, th- I, there's something particular about the horror of watching like somebody ca- like unrelentingly attack a pregnant woman. Yeah. You know, um, it's a little. It's a little different. It's very transgressive. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know, and she does. She just doesn't seem like. You know, the type of person you want to hurt. Like, you know, she's just a sweet looking woman who was has something horrible happened to her. And now four months later, something even worse. <laughs> no. So it's just, yeah, it's sort of unapologetic that way. Um, but, you know, it's also not um, an unreal or a fantastic um, concept either. You know, we have I mean, there was just a story just a couple weeks ago about the neighbors that, you know, killed the pregnant woman, like living next door to them and stole her baby. Mm. And uh, I think through the years, you know, we've seen that, you know, or, um, you know, you probably heard those stories about like the woman who pretends she's pregnant and then, you know, she's going through the whole thing and she's kind of faking it around and then she's got to figure out like, well, I got to get a baby from somewhere. So they kidnap him from the hospital or have you not, have you seen stories like that? No. Oh, really? Yeah. No, no they're very real. Yeah. Very real. Um, and there's been a lot of movies too. There was a movie hide and seek with uh, Daryl Hannah and Jennifer Tilly. I think Jennifer Tilly plays a, like a woman who's part of a couple and they kidnap Daryl Hannah cause she's pregnant and they want to uh, take her baby from her. Mm. Yeah. It's... That's a thing I guess is this trope of like taking your baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it's such a, I mean, it's such a, that's such a fundamental like fear. Like if you're, you know, if you go to have kids, you know, you spend the rest of your life, you know, I assume, you know, I obviously I don't have children, but I've talked to, you know, mothers and, and fathers and stuff that it's like, you know, you spend the rest of your life thinking about this person, mm-hmm. you know, this creature you've brought into the world. And, you know, um, so it's a very tangible, real fear, you know, to have your child die or to be taken from you, you know. So. Yeah, very primal, very primal. Yeah. Where were we at? <laughs> I know I was going to say it's very it's very primal because it's you have this idea of a lot of like these kind of instincts that we have are all, you know, to help us make sure that we don't eat our babies, don't lose our babies, don't, <laughs> right. you know, 
we form these connections so that way we can make sure that the species will continue. Um, which was interesting, which in the, in the film towards the end where they're having the standoff in the kitchen and she like takes the needle and she like puts it to her belly and it's like, oh, I'd see at this point now, it's like you, you know, you're, you're looking into your own survival and you've, you've decided that your survival is going to be, um, your survival is going to be paramount over that of your, of the child. Yeah. Well, I think in that moment she realized that what the woman's like real motivation is, yeah. you know? Uh, and so I think that she thinks if she threatens the baby, you know, obviously maybe the woman will back off, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, obviously it <laughs> did not did happen not, did that not way. Yeah. I was trying to look, there was just a, a story. Um, yeah. This woman, Savannah gray wind. Well, no, this is, this is a different one. But yeah, here was a story just in uh, looks like North Dakota area, or she was found there. Um, but yeah, she had been uh, kidnapped, and her baby was taken from her, and then she was left, you know, to die. Uh, that was that's just like the most recent. But there was there was a couple others I just was reading about where they were living in like an apartment complex, and the neighbors they like all the stories were like they were so nice and kind, and they were like helping her out, and then they mm -hmm. like you know had become like familial with her, and then they kidnap her and stole her baby mm -hmm. and then she wrapped her up in plastic and left her. So it's, I think my it's favorite terrifying. character was the twat nurse. <laughs> Whoa, hold on. That's a, that's a subject switch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I liked her too. You know, it's funny at first I thought I kept thinking that that was the woman, mm -hmm. you know, just because the way like she was smoking and, you know, and all of that. And, you know, cause she insulted her. So when I first saw it, I thought, is that the nurse showing up here to like, harass this woman but yeah she was pretty funny yeah she's just a nice little comic relief at the beginning of the movie it's like what are you getting at <laughs> right <laughs> yeah her just smoking and telling everybody to fuck off <laughs> the doctor said your last nights of peace and quiet <laughs> right yeah last night on earth mm -hmm. wasn't peace and quiet that's for sure mm -mm. yeah I, I was i didn't i didn't quite understand the the cop who gets it to the head and then like turns the lights on and then just goes crazy. Yeah. I, I, I think it was sort of a, just a plot device to, um, you know, figure out a way to further immobilize like Sarah. Cause they, I think they, they wanted the ending to be, you know, that way. I don't know. It's like, you think he's getting up to help her and then he's like, so disoriented. Like mm -hmm. he, like, yeah, he's, um, I don't know if he's is he hallucinating yeah. or he's like you know kind of partially brain dead. I was like, oh, is this a zombie thing now? Like, right. Yeah. yeah, that's actually in one of the uh, articles I was reading was one of the criticisms. Like all of a sudden it was like it was suddenly a zombie thing, you know. But I just thought, it, you know, to me he was just hallucinating or like hem you know he's hemorrhaging, he's having all these like other issues that he thought he mistook her for the woman and mm. attacks her. Kind of like in the beginning where she does it to yeah. her mother, you know. Oh yeah. Well, it does she attacks her. That is a good that's a good read on it because his eyes are kind of like darkened. Um, yeah, he's all black and yeah. you know. Well, yeah. You know, she did shoot him in the head. Yeah. Not as bad as the other guy blew half his face off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just kind of took it as, uh, to be that that sort of thing and it, it provides that balance of like the mistaken identity at the beginning you know with her and her mom and then you know sarah you know killing her mother on accident thinking it's you know the woman and then you know in the end him 
what being her final downfall is mm-hmm. being mistaken for the woman mm-hmm. herself. And yeah, it's very, very sad. It's overall a very, yeah, it's a sad movie. You know, it's unrelenting. It's brutal. Definitely. Um, so is motherhood. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think that that's, again, I think that's, what's really fascinating about like, you know, watching a film like this where, you know, you do have two women who are kind of put into, you know, this situation of like th- kind of the worst thing, you know, that could happen to you. If, if, if you want to have children, you want to have kids is to have that is to, is to lose your baby or, yeah. or to have it stolen from you. Yeah. And it, they did a good job. I th- one thing I will give them is that they did a good job about like showing how like Sarah, it's Sarah misses her husband and she mm-hmm. resents the child for surviving and her husband's like still the husband's dead. So, you know, there, there's that element of like resentment mm-hmm. that, you know, pervades it until you see La Femme Mort come and, <laughs> uh, to come and try to kill her. You keep saying, I think that probably means the dead woman. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> which is well, ironic. You'd have to say de, like La Femme de Morte. De, de, de Morte. I don't know. We don't Anyways, speak French. Right. We don't write us letters. Right. Um, I was going to say that, yeah, I actually think that's, that's sort of an interesting uh, tie-in because we're going to watch the Duke next. And there's a lot of conversation there and the same about grief and about how, uh, how it's all consuming. Mm-hmm. And when you're watching inside there, there was one reading of the film before the end, like until like, if you're watching it, you might think that this is where it's going, but you know, it, you know, it doesn't, it ends very definitively, but there was this idea that maybe the woman represents that, like this sort of grief and, and, um, and and guilt and that she's sort of imagining it because you know how she has that dream and the baby Mm -hmm. like crawls out of her mouth and it's like so there's an idea that that's what the whole movie is Mm -hmm. it's just a dream yeah that it's like a dream or just like this strong hallucination because she feels so bad about you know she killed her husband and she injured she believes she killed everybody in the other car because she Mm -hmm. says it in the film like they told me there were no survivors so she's under the impression that she's killed you know two or three people you know, um, and, but you're right. Her baby survived and there is some resentment probably there, but also just a lot of grief. And it's, I actually would have liked it better if it was just all strong hallucination. Cause I kind of mm-hmm. was going that way as well with the, with the woman. Yeah. Cause she does seem kind of like an apparition. She does kind of seem, you yeah. know, and I still wonder, you know, cause people were saying they wondered how she got in the house, but you know, when the cops come back to the door, it's open already. Yeah. You know, and she, so it makes me wonder, did she like sneak in? At some point, like, how did she get in? I I don't know. And also, like, you know, if you're gonna murder somebody, don't wear like a don't wear like a black dress and a corset. <laughs> I know she looks like an awesome like witch. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, maybe she. And then you know the the house number six six six. Yeah, which was great. So I was like, oh, maybe she's trying. Maybe it's maybe that's little Andy. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. Trying yeah. to hail Satan. This. Yeah. Trying absolutely. to Rosemary Berber. Yeah. No, and I kind of like that, too, because if you look at, like, you know, if you take it as, like, a like a fairy tale, you know, you think about a lot of Grimm's fairy tales. They don't end nicely. You know, people die all the time in them. You know, horrible things happen. You know, the witch gets the kids and gets to eat them. And I kind of felt like this was also that kind of a story. You know, so she does. She is kind of looks like a witch. You know, she's got the long yeah. the corset and, you know, and her, her those awesome black leather gloves that she's wearing. I just I like a form-fitting leather glove. Of course, who say. doesn't? You know, I just lay. They were just beautifully executed. And yes. uh, <laughs> serving you all kind of richy wellness, right. r- witchy realness. Exactly. And so, 
yeah, so I, I kind of thought that she, that it's sort of that kind of story too, like a modern day Grimm's fairy tale, you know, um, and she did, she looks like kind of, you're like a witch. All she needed was a pointy hat and been perfect. Yes. And she's burned up in the end. Burned up. She got know? a gap in her teeth. She's yeah. not conventionally beautiful. No, she's ready for it. She's ready to commit some murder to get a baby. Yes. <laughs> Give me that baby. <laughs> so, you know, I, I I do really like the movie. It's not one that I put in all the time, you know. Uh, not on a rainy is, day. <laughs> right. It's 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 very it's hard to watch, you know, and it's sad. and the part with the cat. I oh the, god. I remember the first time I saw it, I was sitting um I was living at our old house and I got it, I don't know, if it came on something or I maybe I downloaded it, I don't remember. Um but I'm watching it and like the cat comes by and I'm like motherfucker you better not touch that cat you better not touch that motherfucking cat lady you leave the cat alone and when that whole scene happened like i physically like like lunged at like you know it was weird it was i had a very visceral reaction to that you know you're like not my baby right exactly because it's like i have cats i just be those oh my my babies you know so it's like i did i had a very more so than the other parts it's because you know the poor cat he's just thinking that you know oh this nice lady's petting me and then she breaks his neck and I just oh it just physically made me like be like oh you mother no <laughs> like I'm gonna get you lady I'm gonna get you <laughs> but I didn't know where it was going and then so in the end you're like well damn she murdered the cat she murdered that girl she murdered all those people and she gets the baby she gets out you know mm-hmm. uh, only half a face but you know that's true yeah <laughs> I keep forget what was uh let me see what was that actress's name it was um Beatrice yeah doll or something dolls D-A-L-L-E. yeah yeah and then the other um let's see who was the rest of the cast yeah beatrice doll as la femme and la Alison femme. paradis as sarah scarangelo <laughs> sarah scarangelo scarangelo uh you know they i mean i thought it was well acted too yeah you know i thought that everybody <clears throat> in the movie i did like louisa louise louise the mother yeah the poor, poor mother. I know. She's just trying to help her help her little girl. Uh, so sad. <laughs> but yeah, overall I I think it's a really a really good horror film. It's very effective in that it's you know I mean I, I do think that if they pulled back some of the gore, like I'm wondering what it would look like if they sort of edited it for television. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. You know, maybe. just because it's so yeah. You know, it's so unrelentingly bloody and yeah. and, and really, really violent that that does. She sort of stabbed take away. a guy in the dick. I, that's it's true. Again, that's I mean, look at that. We're playing on very real fears here. You know, <laughs> like do you think of anything more horrible? I do not want to be stabbed in the dick. No, she like any part of that area. I no. don't want to be stabbed in. I mean, I don't want to be stabbed. And they showed it. Yeah, they did. They, they showed it. it. Yeah, it it's it's supposed to make you squirm a little. Oh my you know. gosh! Yeah, stabbing in the dick. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 Jean Pierre. That's, that's what we should call this episode: stabbed Stab. in the dick. <laughs> uh, so good. Anyway, so you know, again, it's hard having babies in in horror movies. Yes, is the is the uh, is the is the goal. Any other thoughts you had whilst watching? Um, How it, much of the movie do you think you actually watched? 
<laughs> I think more than I thought I would. More than I, I'm actually surprised by the amount of the movie that I watched because yeah. there was a point where I was like, I'm gonna go on my phone now. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna go on my phone now. I tried to warn a few times, like, well, maybe you want to look away here. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny. I warned you about the cat, and that's not even the worst part of the movie. You I know? know you're like, oh, the cat. I'm like, okay, the cat's neck got rained out. This guy got stabbed in the in dick. The dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he got stabbed in the dick. This woman's like, like she had like a C-section that was not even a C-section. It was an I-section because it went right up the middle. Oh, God. When she stuck those scissors in her belly button and there was like, what did you expect, La Femme? What did you expect? (laughs) Like, of course, you got to fucking wake up. Don't be don't be standing over me trying to stick something in my my belly button. Damn it. Damn it. (laughs) If I had to rate this film, I would give it. I would give it four unnecessarily long uh, shears. <laughs> Sorry. That's awesome. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't. This is definitely one of those like ones where it's like Joshua's like, oh, I'm going to choose this because I wonder what Joe's going to think. And then then he's just sitting there like with his literally with his tea looking at me and drinking like, oh, mm, <laughs> dick stabbing. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Dick stabbing. <laughs> I told you it's extreme, Joe. I did. I warned you. And it's it's like you know we got we're just pushing the boundaries because that's the thing with the modules. I'm trying to pick, you know, movies that span a variety of things. So Rosemary's Baby's pretty safe. Inside is not. The Babadook is the middle. The middle. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not even very via gory. At least it's not like that. Okay. Uh, you know, so it's like, you know, I think out out of the uh, out of the the list of movies we have coming up, um, not not too many of them are like that, but to fit with this this theme, I thought that was kind of an important film that you know important contribution to horror. Well, uh, yeah, I the mean, French made it. It just goes to show that no one's safe. Just no, mm-hmm. there's no one safe. And that there's, it's oh. it's transgressive, and it is. Um, I think the you know it's not commenting on I don't know if it commented exactly on the pregnancy itself, yeah. but it def- definitely commented on the fact that like you know there's nothing nothing is sacred, right? Yeah, yeah. not it's even just, motherhood. It's just a, a movie to make you feel very unnerved and very, you know, it just hits a, a very visceral yeah uh feeling you know in all of us yeah. you know of survival and you know i i will say that you know we are we are two like cisgendered men so mm-hmm. we'll never fully know what it would be like um to to bear ch- a child right. or carry a child like that so i just wonder what how much different it is for women who actually like the film who have children um maybe curious to see how they feel about it yeah i agree i don't i don't know if i uh I don't know if I know anybody. <laughs> Can't ask around. Yeah, we'll ask. <laughs> hey, if you we need a Facebook poll, if you have a baby and you've seen Inside and you enjoyed it, why? Why? <laughs> why? Uh, there is an American remake coming soon. They just—I think I just saw a trailer for it. Oh my Jesus! <laughs> right? Uh, I know you're so excited. <laughs> I don't know. We're living in the world where you know we're living in a world now where. People, are the one of the highest grossing horror films, the first 15 minutes shows a kid's arm getting ripped off. So this might be the, the moment where Inside can really happen for... Yeah, can shine. Can shine for, for us. Yeah, I think that... Um, I uh, Yeah, I, I heard that they were going to make it a little less gory, though. So there you go. <laughs> I don't know about... I don't know. We'll see. We'll, pro- we'll probably watch it. 
Yeah, no, I'll definitely uh, see it. You know, I'm I'm not just always interested in seeing how they translate. You know, like horror. Uh, you know, if it's no matter what it is, like French or you know Japanese or you know Swedish or whatever, you know, to see when they remake it in America, what they take out or what they add or you know what they change. I'm always fascinated, and you know, like I said, I really enjoy Inside as just as a as a piece of um, really horrific uh, film. So I'm curious to see what they'll what sort of American sensibility, you know, would do to, yeah, do to it. Absolutely. It's intriguing. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so you'll get a break with the next film. And then I think uh. the, the next couple actually aren't, aren't very, uh, aren't bad at all. So that'll, it'll be a little, little easier on you. It'll be exciting. Right. <laughs> uh, all righty. Well, that's it for another exciting uh, episode of Fright School. So up next, we are going to do the Baba Duke. That's going to be really fun, I think. <laughs> I'm excited. You know, I. It's not every day that you get to watch a movie by a gay icon. So hey, there exactly. There you go. So alrighty. Well, uh, thanks as usual as always for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs> Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. Geekscape Network.